0: welcome 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 we are back we've been gone for quite some time but we are back and we're back with a bang on today's episode we reach an important milestone we are conducting our very first podcast guest interview (laughs) That's right, we have a phenomenal young woman who will help us unpack today's issue, which is mental health. I'll hand it over to you. Hi, I am Oratile Diselle, I am currently awaiting graduation, I have been studying international relations for the past three years, and I'm a mental health activist. Hi, Oradilla. Hi, hi, hi. Mugele, man. Awaiting graduation. This is so amazing. I love to see such. It's so inspiring. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Right. So on today's episode, we, we're tackling mental health. And it's, it's, it's a topic that's not really given much attention, especially to the youth and i heard you say you are a mental health activist so before we go into any other thing would you care to explain to us what mental health is i believe mental health is your psychological well-being when you're psychologically all right it refers to your mental it refers to your psychological well-being and there are conditions that may be associated with mental health. There may be conditions that are associated with your psychological well being, which may or may not be a danger to you and to others. So I believe that is how I would describe mental health. Yeah. All right. Thank you. That's a very uh, insightful explanation of what mental health is, and I trust and believe it gives people, you know, an idea of what it is because some people just assume, you know, and they just make misconceptions yeah. based on that. Um, can you also please explain to us what a mental health activist is? As um, it is known that you are a mental health activist, so can you tell us what it is and what actually inspired you to be a mental health activist? Okay. Um, A mental health activist is somebody who speaks out about mental health issues that are affecting them and other people. So I speak on behalf of people who are struggling, and I speak on behalf of myself as a way to heal. When I speak on behalf of myself, it is a way to heal. But when I speak for others, it is a way to get others to know that there are people that are actually struggling and there are actually people that need help. So I think that's the easiest explanation I can give. And the thing that inspired me to become one is because it wasn't until this year, recently in May, when I got diagnosed with bipolar disorder, that um, it was months passed by when. Um, I was trying to deal with the diagnosis. I was in denial. I was like, this can't be happening to me. I think two months later after my diagnosis, I attempted suicide. And after my attempted, after my suicide attempt, and when I woke up in hospital the next day, after they pumped the pills out of my body, I think that's when I realized that I actually need to speak out because I know I'm not the only one who goes through this and there are people that actually become successful in suicide. Mm-hmm. And I am lucky that I wasn't successful. Sometimes I I do want I do get suicidal at times but I believe sometimes we we underrate prayer. We underrate prayer. So we so I, I just pray myself through it. I just decide if if I just become suicidal, I just take a walk. I go for a run, I do something. And that's what made me want to become a mental health activist. Because if I'm suffering, I can't be the only one who's suffering in this world. Out of 7 billion people, there is no way I could be the only one. And there are people who have it worse. Yeah. So yeah, I would like to help others. It's a, it's, it's a very um, touching and, you know, it's, it's something that most people go through, but not many people talk about. And um, I'd like to just applaud you for just taking a stand, you know, to, to, to speak for those who are voiceless and to just help people because with with this, many people will just see you and it, it helps them. It'll encourage a young person out there who possibly is attempting to commit suicide but then realizing that you're not the only one and that you know there is a way forward will give them hope. So I'd like to just applaud you already it's a big step. not everybody does this not everybody is brave enough you know to take a stand. Meanwhile, going through such challenges it's, it's really just it's an amazing step that you're taking. So Miguel, you. you are you are making moves making big moves. <laughs> I'd like to just applaud you for that thank you. <laughs> So I'd like to just um, ask if you can explain to us how this journey started, right? And, you know, explain to us what challenges you face in terms of the mental health condition that you have and give us more insight on what it is. Like you did mention that you were okay. diagnosed with bipolar uh, disorder. So can you just give us a brief explanation of what it is and um, how it has been, um, you know, living and, you know, coming to terms with it? Okay, um, for the longest time, I've had anxiety, um, but at the time, I didn't know what it was, because I would just shake, um, my heart would just start beating quickly, out of nowhere, and it wasn't until 2019 um, when I started seeing my psychologist, and she told me that these are panic attacks. And she diagnosed me with anxiety disorder and, and depression. That's when, we did, that's when I was like, <laughs> so things are really hitting the fan for me. But, um, so I've had anxiety for as long as I can remember. Um, so um, this year when um, I got diagnosed with bipolar, my psychiatrist did a test. We did um, a questionnaire actually, yeah. As a form of a test and the following Monday after she was after she analyzed my questions and after she analyzed my answers to the questions she did tell me that I have bipolar disorder and I remember after she told me I looked at her and I was like there is no way I am I I am fine sis you you are kidding me right and she's like I am not kidding this is serious why do you I have She was like, the first time you attempted suicide, you were in grade nine. How does a child so young become depressed? And with your mood going up and down, we do notice that you do have bipolar disorder. So bipolar disorder is a disorder where your mood moves from mania mania which is where you have you're hyperactive you spend like you're crazy you want excessive sex um, you like you just become hyperactive Sometimes I can't sleep when I am manic when I'm having um, a manic episode. I can't sleep. Um, I struggle to eat because I, I don't get hungry. Um, I spend money. I spend money. Like I could, I could, I could spend three thousand rand in a day for Mr. Price, just Mr. Price alone. Um, and then, and after your manic phase, it slips into depression immediately. So you have those phases where you just slip into mania and depression. And then with depression, you just don't want to get out of bed. I just don't want to do anything. All I want is to cry. And with accepting the, the diagnosis, um, after I accepted that, okay, I'm going to live on pills, on these pills, which are mood stabilizers. They stabilize my mood so that I don't slip into mania too much. I can control the manic episodes and I can control the depressive episodes. Though That is what the pill I take are supposed to do. So, after my diagnosis, after I accepted everything, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to live with pills for the rest of my life. I need to keep track of my episodes. I need to make sure when I'm having a manic episode and when I'm having a depressive episode, I need to keep track of them so that I can control them. While I was in the journey of acceptance, I lost my best friend. She felt like, she probably felt like, I can't speak for her. She probably felt like I became a burden to her because all the time I could either be depressed and when I become depressed, it it lasts longer. It could last for about two to three weeks. Um, She felt that um, maybe I'm becoming a burden to her. Maybe I'm bothering her and it's exhausting. And one thing people need to understand is that everybody is allowed to get tired of your your drama. Everybody is allowed to get tired. Whether you have a mental illness or not, everybody is allowed to get tired of you. And I do understand, probably if I was in her shoes, I would have done the same thing. Being with someone who's always negative all the time, at times it becomes exhausting. And while I was accepting that I lost my best friend, and after I lost my best friend, I was like, what is this? So now I'm dealing with the loss of my best friend. It was so sad. I moved back home. I just told my mom, I'm coming back home. I, I can't, I can't stay in this place. So coming back home kind of helped me heal. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when you when you have a mental illness, people don't need to support you. Whoever wants to support you will. Whoever feels like they love you so much, will support you. But if they get tired, they get tired. They are human too. They also have their problems. They also have their own things going on in their lives. But the one thing that I can tell you is that your family will always be there to support you. Oh man, this is is really touching. And um, it's really something that you know, people don't always look into it as to how it affects your entire life and the people who are around you, the people who surround you. And it's really a challenging um, aspect to go through, especially at a young age, as a young person, you know, you're at an age where maybe having a best friend is something that you take value in, you know? So I, I, I really do feel that it's something that people take so lightly they take it very very lightly and yeah it it, it literally affects it literally affects your social life your entire social life because at times you wouldn't want to be around people you 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 just deal with a lot of like you just deal with everything like it's you just deal with everything heavily and people don't don't understand that it I don't even have friends now I mean after her I was like yeah I don't know who's gonna listen to my endless drama so here we are cruising alone yeah that was about to be my next question as to how your social life and you know your interaction with other um peers has been since you um were diagnosed it's been it's been weird, let me tell you, because um I lost my fr- my best friend, and after a while my boyfriend my then boyfriend felt like you're just becoming too much it's this is a lot i I can't deal with this, but the funniest thing is, when we started dating, I disclosed it that dude, I have bipolar disorder. So I would advise you to research on it so that you don't become surprised when certain things happen. Um, he was like, no, I'm good. I love you just the way you are. Great. But then after a couple of months, he was like, literally a month later, it was literally three, it was literally three weeks after I lost my best friend. He was like, Yeah, I'm done. And I was like, you are what? like yeah I'm done I I can't do this anymore I tried to be there but it's just not working out and I don't blame him for that it's okay now I just now it, it it puts me in a position where I have to question myself that what is wrong with me do I push people away do I do this is it, is it that I make people run away? So it's, it's just been hard, I'm not gonna lie, but I've been reading this book by Stormy O'Martian called The Power of a Praying Woman. And that book is actually helping me heal from the loss of my best friend and my boyfriend. So I don't really have a social life right now. My social life is books. I just read novels and I post reviews online. I, I literally don't have a life, So, a social life. So I just do that to just get by, to keep myself busy because it's easy for me to slip into depression if I don't, if I don't work, if I don't keep busy. So I avoid it at all costs. Would you say that, um, I heard you mention earlier that um, the power of prayer is is actually real and it's big. Would you say that that is one thing that has helped you throughout your journey to just to to, to cope or to find refuge in? Because it's, it's quite, um, it's draining. I can assume it's really draining to be losing people that, you hold dear? Yeah, what I can tell you is that I, I wasn't much of a prayer girl most mm-hmm. of my life. I just wasn't much of a prayer girl. But ever since um, I realized shit starting to hit the fan after the loss of my best friend, something in me told me to start praying and i did i started praying i started praying i was like god you can't give me a battle that you know is bigger than i am you you can't it's not possible so i i started praying and i i started praying really hard and at some point, I started telling God that, you know what, God, I feel like you, you have a bigger plan for me. So whatever your big plan is, please show me what your big plan is. And literally, I think it was a week, if not two weeks later, my boyfriend said, I'm done. And I'm like, so I bro, brother, this was your big plan that I'm going to lose somebody I love. What's going on? But over time, I realized that as I look back, I realized that that relationship so it was, there was just too many red flags that I kept ignoring. And God was like, because I, I'm giving you all the red flags and you can't end it, I'll end it for you. So after then, I started praying harder. I was like, God, I'm not asking you to give me answers for why I lost my best friend, for why I lost my boyfriend. I'm not going to ask you for answers. I'm just going to ask for healing. All I want is to heal from this. I ask for healing. And it's been quite the journey. Right now, I can tell you I am fine. I'm not dealing with any drama currently in my life. Things are going pretty well and that is so far to that's just amazing to hear and um it, it, it's a challenging thing and reaching that point where you reach acceptance and you know you just seek healing it, it, it's difficult it's, it's one thing that I can say is difficult so I just want to ask um what would you say to young people out there because um I'm pretty sure you are not the only one who is going through this um type of situation you know but there's other people out there who maybe I have a friend who's going through that you know what would you say to people who have friends or loved ones who are going through that how can they be around them because it's a a very misunderstood mental health condition and many people tend to cast away or to just shy away from people not knowing how to help or how to just be there you know so what would you say to someone who has a friend who is going through a certain mental health condition how can they be there or what would be your advice in terms of what you went through as an individual and what do you think a friend maybe could possibly do you know just to show support maybe or to just be there for you um first of all um to them, I would tell them, understand that you, there's something Bonang Matheba once said, you're not anyone's priority. People have things to do. Bonang Matheba said that, and I love her for that. You need to remember that you're not, you're not everybody, you're not anyone's priority, not even your mother. Like not even your mother owes you anything. So remember that wh- whoever is supporting you throughout your ordeal, it's a blessing to you to have those people around you that support you so first things first don't take your loved one's support for granted because they could be doing other things than support you first things first when you start appreciating their support you show them that you give them more reason to support you you understand Mm -hmm. another thing is to the friends and families of the loved ones, I would say just, it, it's gonna get tough. It, it gets tough at times where you don't even know what to do. You don't even know. Sometimes just ask them, what do you need? Do you need a hug? Do you need to go to the hospital? Like just ask them, do you need a hug, a hospital? Do you need to go out for dinner? Some? Do you just, Do you want me to run you a bath? Do you need anything? Do you wanna watch Netflix together? Allow them to be in that space, especially parents. If you see that your child is slipping through depression, the thing that you can do for them is be like, baby, open up the curtains, open up the windows, make your bed, I'll run you a bath. And then just try to be that, do you wanna have a lazy Lazy day, wear your pajamas after your bath. Let's watch Netflix together. Just show them that even though when the going gets tough, you're still there on their lazy days. It's not a lazy day, they are depressed. Check on them, babes. If you haven't seen them in a long time and you know that they're going through something, check on them when you have a free lunch break at work. Babes, are you doing well? Do you need me to bring you anything? Do you need anything? Do you need me to come over and be there with you do you need do you want a video call and talk are you ready to talk about like what's bothering you it's I feel like it's the little things that count with regards to being there but the one thing is the one thing I feel like is important is to show appreciation Mm -hmm. for people being there because when you show appreciation it gives them the energy to be there for you and once they're there for you, there's, there's nothing you can't win. There's no battle you can't win because you know they're being there for you. If you call your mother or your sister or your brother or your friend and be like, I'm having suicidal thoughts. I don't know what to do. One of them could come running and be like, let's chill and watch Netflix together. Okay, let's go for a run. Let's do something together. Let's go out for lunch. That's what should happen. Yeah. I feel like it's, 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 it doesn't have to be expensive to be there for people. Go for a run, a run is free. Just do something that will get them out of the bubble of whatever they're going through. That's, that's actually um, very profound. And um, it's something that most people I think would appreciate, you know, like you said, the little things, it's the little things that that matter. So um, I also want to hear your take on what you, what do you think about the mental health awareness in our society, especially the social media influence society that we live in today? What do you think about it? Um, I feel like it's taken for granted because somebody could post on Twitter or on Facebook that I'm going to kill myself. And then the first thing people would start commenting is, you, if you wanted to kill yourself, you wouldn't have told us, um, you're fake. Um, they would say all these mean things to them. And uh, you uh, nobody would even try to reach out for in the inbox that hey what's going on let's talk i would rather hear your problems than to listen to speeches at your funeral what's going on nobody would try to reach out to them in that way everybody would be coming at them so i feel like mental health is taken for granted nobody really cares until you commit suicide that's when they start to care when they start to care that's when that's when they start to care once you kill yourself it'll be like depression is real um mental health is that's when they start to to actually realize that and then two weeks later it's not trending anymore mm-hmm. so true. nobody cares another person commits suicide oh let's try and be there for them but then nothing nothing is done so So it's really taken for granted it really is and there's not much um awareness as much as things happen especially when there's a major event like someone commits suicide that's when you start seeing the posts but other than that it's like we cast it away and just move forward you know and it's really saddening to see that this is how we are living and this is basically how things work but I feel that with people like you, you know, standing up and coming out as a mental health activist, we can change the way society is because it's really, it's sad, it really is sad to hear that a young person committed suicide or they were going through certain problems and they never received any help or support, or when someone tries to speak out, they are being attacked, they're being told that they are fake or they want attention, you know, it, it really is just sad. And um, I would, I would like you to just um, tell us more about you being a mental health activist. And what are your plans going forward with this um, um, journey that you're going into? Um, okay, so first things first, I have started a WhatsApp group chat called Mental Health Help. Um, the link to the group chat is on my Instagram, on my Twitter and on my Facebook. Um, my Instagram, or hey, I think it's much easier to search me on my Instagram. on my Instagram. And this group chat is meant to help people vent. If I am being suicidal, I'll text on the group that, guys, I am being suicidal. It's heavy. And then somebody would come up with no judgment whatsoever. Babes, are you okay? Let's talk. What's going on? Somebody would be there with no judgment whatsoever, but with understanding and advice and words of comfort. That's why I created the group chat. And going forward, I would like to start my own podcast in once I have settled in properly about mental health I would also want to create a mental health foundation Mm -hmm. where I help those who struggle with mental health but building a foundation would be something that is so big so I want to have the financial capabilities to do that right now I do not have the financial capabilities to have Um, a foundation that would help them, but I would like to have that. That is part of my three-year plan. At least in three years, I should have that foundation. At least if I failed in three years, please. That's what I ask God for on a daily basis. I just need the financial capabilities to just start this mental health foundation where I will, where I will create a safe space for men and women because men also do go through stuff. For men and women to be themselves and to talk about what they go through and to have somebody listen to them. My Instagram is ora My Twitter handle is at ora two. I think I'm not sure about my Twitter handle, but I think it's at ora two and then my facebook is ora. that is my facebook that's where you can find the link to the group chat thank you and i think this is a uh, it's 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 going to work as a safe haven for most people because sometimes you just stranded you don't know who to talk to you don't know who to vent out to and i think it's venting out is really underestimated like we underestimate the power of actually venting out your feelings and not keeping them inside and how much that actually helps you to get over whatever it is that you're going through at the moment so this is a really great initiative to to help people out there because it's it's tough it really is just tough and um I would like to just applaud you once more and I'd like to have you on more episodes be our regular right here on this podcast, you know, so we can help people, you know, help each other, you know, and just help everybody. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. And continue to do the great job that you're doing. And we, we are very proud of what you are doing. And yes, man, you're the best. You are the best. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that was our phenomenal guest speaker, Oratile Di who is a young and inspiring mental health activist. Be sure to return again, because like I said, we are back with a bang. Another episode will be coming up. Bye for now.